Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and have ourselves a drink. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, and we are back in the lobby bar for the week of January the 8th, 2024. Brian and Michaela here with you again. And Michaela, last night was a... uh, monumental night question mark question mark definitely definitely not monumental but uh the golden globes were last night so that's good uh, they were those? <laughs> they were good they they were okay uh you know i give a solid six out of ten they were six okay out of ten six out of ten eight bad I mean, uh, c's c's get degrees golden globes that's mm. the that's the moral of the story out there i mean in fairness the golden globes like got like canceled like for real canceled canceled right uh off the air uh not on tv at all like they were streaming on like golden globes dot biz or something i don't know one year know. and then they were i think they were streaming on something last year maybe uh but this year was their return to actual television i guess the changes they made were appropriate enough for them to be back on uh television and this was meant to be their monumental return and return they did they did um now let's be let's be fair uh to all the golden globers uh look we are kind of we are academy award when uh I don't know. We're the Academy Award buffs, right? (laughs) Definitely not. No, we are not. Um, (laughs) Could you imagine us at the red carpet? I would just be gushing at everybody and telling them how much I love them. But um, I think... We'd be escorted out of there in no time. That's it. They'd be like, Michaela, you've had way too much champagne. Goodbye. Um, The Golden Globes, though, really help us uh, figure out kind of what's what, how things may land. Um, They're a lesser, uh, I don't know how to, they're they're like a less highbrow award show, right? And that's how it's been presented. um, It's like the the party one. Yeah, it's the party one. The Oscars is the serious one, and the Golden Mm -hmm. Globes is the party one, where you get a magnum of champagne on your table, you get drunk, and you have a good time. That's right. And I mean, I don't know if a magnum is enough for some of the things that we saw or didn't see. I, I feel like we got to talk about um, some of some some of the stuff I thought was really well thought up um, this time. I mean, I think that the way they kind of interspersed the um, the movie awards with the made for TV series awards, I really liked that because in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, it's been a while since I watched the entirety of the Golden Globes, but I did last night. But usually they just do one after another. And so, you know, you watch the last 20 minutes and you're kind of done. You're you're really set up. And I really like that they did it a little bit differently this time. They added yeah, an award, felt, which we're going to talk pretty about. Streamlined. Yeah, it felt pretty yeah. streamlined. Um, they added yeah. they added a TV award, too, for a comedy special, I think, was uh, was the TV one that they added. But, yeah, they added the uh, the box office something or other we'll we'll talk about that uh here in a bit but but yeah it was meant to be like the glorious return of the golden globes um and i i don't know so let's let's get into kind of the the logistics of the golden globes and then we'll take a break to to make the cocktail we had for ourselves uh last night so it comes on uh they're at the the beverly hills hilton is that where they are um the yes. beverly hills something yes the, Be- um, the beverly hilton 
yes, the Beverly Hilton. So they're there. The room looks great, I think. It's got like the stage. It's kind of in the middle of it. I thought that that it looked cool and it was fun to see everyone back, right? Like it was a weird tumultuous year with the strikes uh, that went on. So it was good to see everyone back and kind of dressed up and there to uh, celebrate themselves. I like the way that the room looked. I like the way that they had the tables were in kind of close, but then it made it kind of awkward when people were uh, going up because they had to walk like all the way around to the back of the stage before they could walk up the stairs. So it was just kind of awkward yeah. and getting people up to the stage. I thought that was awkward, but not nearly as awkward as Joe Coy. Um, and we're not going to get through dragging him through the mud. If you go to Twitter, if you want to see that, because that is happening all over the place but i i don't Aww. know he 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 set a set a set a poor tone for the evening i think yeah poor guy i mean look there's a reason why people do this gig one time and then they say never again right i mean right. and uh because it's probably pretty hard you gotta you gotta have the right balance of like poking fun and roasting things without being too harsh um we, but I will say there were a ton of things that went down this last year that we could have poked fun at, that we could that that could have been made more light of um, that that I think was was just completely omitted or not talked about. I mean, I don't think they really talked or addressed the strike much. And they absolutely could have been like, you know. I don't know. It no. took it took us like <laughs> it took all. them like yeah. 150 50 days before they were like fine. Like maybe we shouldn't like digitize someone fit someone's face on a baseball. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a comedian, but I bet they could have picked different material. Yeah, they didn't address that at all. I didn't watch any of the pre-shows, so I don't know if they if they might have talked about it uh, on there at all. But yeah, I thought that that was kind of weird that it was like completely omitted. Um, now, some of the presenters uh, were poking fun at the Golden Globes, which is, uh, you know, fair play, fair play, because the Golden Globes is uh, historically uh, pretty terrible. But but yeah, just um, I don't know. It was like the celebration and then it just like threw like cold water on the room. It was kind of weird. That being said, I thought that um, by and large, the people that were presenting did pretty good. There were a couple of of misses there. And that's not always, you know, the their faults. Uh, they're they're, uh, you know, just uh, reading off a teleprompter, which is uh, funny enough, if you're an actor, not really uh, what you do. So that's kind of a uh, kind of interesting there but i thought by and large they were all good and i really liked the acceptance speeches i thought that they were all really good there wasn't one i was like man that was that was weird or that was uh out of place or felt odd or felt rushed or something like that i thought that all of the winners did a really good job um of you know accepting their award and you know that's part of the reason we watch these award shows is to see these people um you know giving their giving their uh speeches and things like that yeah um i think maybe my favorite was steven ewan's he seemed genuinely shocked uh, that he won for best actor in a limited series, anthology series, or motion picture made for television winner. Mm, like mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. he won, um, he looked genuinely just taken aback. Um, I, I think you're right, though. I mean, I I loved Kieran Culkin's speech, um, and he almost m sounded just like uh, Roland <laughs> or Rowan again. Yeah. It yeah, was kind of funny yeah. at the beginning. I was like, oh. Um, my favorite, of course, uh, my man, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, so glad he won. Uh, I actually yelped with joy uh, seeing that he that mm -hmm. he won um, mm -hmm. because he he did. If, if you all don't remember, we cover Oppenheimer and I think we've actually pushed it out now um, because we it was the w one of the first ones that we first didn't one, yeah. actually record or we recorded, but we didn't um, present because of the strike. But it's out now if you want our our thoughts about Oppenheimer. But the first thing I said was I had no idea it was Robert Downey Jr. to like 30 minutes in. I was like, yeah, she looks amazing. Who is that guy? <laughs> oh, he's so good. Well, that's yeah. 
True story, true story. Yeah, those those ones were really good. Uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who was the uh, first award winner of the night, she was uh, she was awesome. She looked genuinely uh, so so excited uh, to have won the award, and uh, you know, love stuff like that. Love stuff like that. So let's do this, Michaela. Let's uh, go ahead and mix up a cocktail that we had for ourselves last night while we were watching this in our uh, respective uh, homes. You know, we were uh, live texting ourselves back and forth, kind of uh, throughout the night. But it all started here with a cocktail, and this one it came from Table Magazine. Now, a lot of times you'll see the actual Golden Globes cocktail. I didn't see the actual one they were doing this year, so this was one that they just had kind of proposed as a Golden Globe cocktail. Of course, you can uh, use Moet Chandon, which is the official champagne of the Golden Globes. That's what you see the magnums of there on the uh, tables. Uh, so if you wanna, if you wanna swing that, if you wanna spend a lot of money on your uh, sparkling wine go for it uh, i did not i don't know if you did i'm guessing probably not uh, but we made up this cocktail and it's delicious so into a shaker tin go ahead and throw in one and a half ounces of vodka one and a half ounces of limoncello and a quarter ounce of lemon juice shake that with some ice strain it into a coupe glass or a champagne flute and then top it with your favorite sparkling wine uh the drier the better uh sip and enjoy it's lemony it's delicious everyone should have a bottle of limoncello in their freezer michaela but you don't so what'd you do um, so I made two versions of this, uh, because of course I lamented to, it was Sunday and all the liquor stores here were closed. So I lamented to Brian via text that I didn't, I couldn't find my limoncello and he was like for shame. But then he said, Hey, just mm. make your own. So if you're going to make your own, uh, quick and dirty limoncello and you don't have a lot of time, just take some lemon juice, um, add it to some simple syrup, add it to a little bit of vodka or ever clearer. If you wanted to do something like that, I did vodka, um, and I let it sit for a little bit. And uh, and I did one with that. But I also had some Cointreau, which is an mm -hmm, orange liqueur. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what that is, it makes a really great margarita. Um, it also turns out makes a really great Golden Globe cocktail because that was amazing. So um, and so I just used one and a half ounces of that one and a half ounces of the vodka. I still use lemon juice um, and then topped it with a sparkling wine. And it was uh, delicious. It was a little sweeter than um, I, my fake limoncello one was. Um, mm -hmm. probably because, uh, the limoncello, the fake limoncello that we made on, that I made on the fly wasn't super, super sweet. Limoncello can be real sweet. Um, that's why you should always have it in a freezer served ice cold. So it cuts the sweetness a bit. That's right. Just a dash of a limoncello after dinner is going to, uh, be a good time, be a good time. So yeah, this was really good. I like this cocktail a lot. It's, uh, definitely just kind of a rift on the French 75, uh, if you've made that, which is uh, gin, lemon juice, and sugar. So the lemon juice and sugar here is being uh, taken up by that limoncello, which has a fair bit of uh, sweetness and umptuousness to it in the vodka. You could probably make this with gin. That would have been delicious too. Um, but yeah, this was, this was really nice, and it felt very fancy. It was very simple. Uh, we kind of threw that together for ourselves last minute. It was just stuff that we uh, had on hand, and you could certainly uh, use like the uh you know, Grand Marnier, Cointreau, uh, like Michaela did. They actually sell like orange cello. I think you can uh, get now. You could probably do anything that's uh, kind of a sweeter, um, like aperitif kind of a thing. I'm surprised you didn't go with uh, some St. Germain, Michaela. That would have been good. You could have done that. Or, you know, kind of kind of any of those things would be delicious in this drink to mix up different riffs on it. But this is a good one, Table Magazine. Thank you uh, for that. And it definitely got us on our way into the night. So Golden Globes is a mixture of TV and movies. So we had a lot of awards uh, to get to. Um, any big takeaways from the television side of things, Michaela? Let's we'll we'll stick to mostly the movies here for the purposes of drink the movies. But what were some takeaways from the uh, TV side of things? Uh, we need to see beef. Apparently, I have not seen it. Uh, it's I think it's got it's been a couple of seasons 
out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it yeah, is second amazing. Too. Um, it it looks amazing. It it beat out every uh, everything else um, except uh, for the bear, which looked uh, which you've said is also amazing. Jeremy Allen White he was best actor mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. for for that because it's been out for a couple of seasons as well. Um, that was really cool. And then of course Succession just kind of cleaned up. Yep. as we thought it would well i don't know i thought it would yeah it was kind of a it was kind of a battle of the big hitters there for for television this year because obviously you have um you have beef which did very well obviously and then we had um the bear uh which did very well but then you had like the like the tried and true like standbys right so it was really kind of a, a slugfest between succession and the crown uh historically here are the big winners of uh different things and succession you know took the night winning the uh, best tv uh drama the bear winning the uh, best uh, musical or comedy um and beef winning the uh, limited anthology or uh tv movie there so yeah there, there was a lot of good stuff i really liked kind of the the award speeches um and recognition he had a lot of succession there you know matthew mcfaden um uh winning for a uh, supporting actor uh kieran culkin for actor sarah snook for actress i really like she uh she she pled for uh kieran culkin to come up and give her uh acceptance speech uh his was really great i loved he he started off with like oh they, you only get 18 seconds or something like that and then went on to thank everyone and including his mother which is very nice um yeah so so the tv was fun i always like watching the tv ones michaela because i don't we don't talk about tv a ton here on the podcast but i'm a big tv guy i really like tv series and uh tv movies and things so this you know opens my eyes to some things that i've missed or maybe some things that i i should be seeing um, I saw Daisy Jones and the Six uh, nominated in a bunch of these. You keep telling me to watch that, so I might have to, but not until I watch Beef, apparently. So yeah, yeah, no, I mean, look, I did love Daisy Jones and the Six, and I was glad to see that it got all the nods that it did because I do, I did really like it uh, as a limited series. Um, I thought it was great. I was sad that Ted Lasso didn't do as well as um, uh, everybody kind of was hoping, or I felt like, you know, it was kind of one of those things where, because it was the final season, a lot of people were so excited and they were so sad when it was over. Um, I'm glad, uh, how it all kind of shook out at the end. Um, because I think succession was just a much stronger show, um, even in its final season. Um, Mm -hmm. but for, for, for a variety of reasons, we could talk about it for hours probably, but, but I, I really liked that. Um, and I really thought that, the um the addition of the best performance in stand-up comedy on television i thought that was really cool because there's a lot of uh stand-up comedians that don't do a lot of other stuff right they're not gonna get they're not actors they're comedians so they might get acting roles but maybe it's not ever going to be enough where they would be nominated uh for that uh craft and being a true amazing stand-up comedy like artist um deserves an accolade. So I thought that that was really cool. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Ricky Gervais winning because it's Ricky Gervais and he just, ugh. but whatever, <laughs> but whatever people love to hate him. And I'm one of those, but, um, but I did, I do want to talk about the, the addition. Uh, what did they call it? It was like best popular movie or best. <laughs> it was like, yeah. it was like that a is... film that definitely won't a, win a film? on, okay. uh, <laughs> on I don't other know things, that I don't... but 
don't know that it was i don't know that it was that yeah so let's uh let's go ahead and we'll get into movies here and yeah that's a that's a good place to start i suppose so it's the cinematic and box office achievement award um and uh it was won by barbie um uh, you and i went back and forth a little bit on this and i don't know um i don't think that it was so super clear that barbie wasn't going to win anything um uh, because it was nominated for a lot of things. I think it was, uh, you know, uh, very, very well could have won some of those things. And we'll see how, you know, it shakes out when we get to Oscar night, when we get some more of those technical awards that I think it's also going to be nominated for. Uh, my my suspicion is that the only reason this award existed was because they wanted to have a reason to get Taylor Swift at the Golden Globes. This was the first Golden Globes back on TV, and they wanted people to watch the Golden Globes. Um, so I think that's why. Uh, but it ultimately ended up going to Barbie, which basically just means that this award was given to the movie that made the most money of the year. So we don't really need to have this award anymore. They pretty much buried the lead if that's really what this is. <laughs> Yeah, except next year and the year after, because generally what happens is the film that makes the most money is not considered the best film of the year. Top Gun Maverick is a great example for that, right? Top Gun Maverick, it was, it, and, and we're not even talking like box office, it was accoladed for saving movies at, during the pandemic, right? It was like, we're going to wait, please, please come back to the movies after um, the pandemic happened and they finally opened things back up. I mean, it got so much credit. It it certainly didn't, I mean, it's a great movie, don't get me wrong. Did it deserve to win Best Picture? No, and that's why it didn't win. So I, I do, I, I guess I kind of understand why they did this, but I do think that you're right. Like, I, I guess now you can get two Golden Globes. You can get Best, best you know, Drama or Best Comedy, or you can get We Made the Most Money. And kudos to that i suppose money money talks here i don't know yeah the only kind of silver lining of that was then that it got to the cast and crew for barbie up onto the stage to be able to talk uh which was nice um because i think it's just a, a matter of circumstance here i don't know you know if barbie is going to get the opportunity to have those awards come in so i think it was nice from that standpoint that that they did get to get up um and talk but but yeah i mean you just have an award for a box office success and obviously i guess the going forward we should just assume it's whatever makes the most money that year is going to win that award i don't know what other sort of criteria they were looking at or how the voting even for that went if it was just a, a popular vote i don't know for sure um kind of strange kind of strange um let's get into the actual awards here uh that uh, do make a little bit more since uh michaela let's talk about so we're just going to go from the bottom up on these we've got the best original score and the best original song so the score was ludwig Gorenson for oppenheimer and the song was what was i made for uh by billy eilish um and that is coming from that end section of barbie that gets awful emotional and that song just rains in all those emotions what do you think about uh ludwig Gorenson's soundscape of oppenheimer what do you think about billy eilish what do you think about that uh crazy uh suit thing that billy eilish was wearing Ooh. Um, so I thought, look, Ludwig Gorenson, I love the score. Uh, we talk about it a bit. Um, I thought it was amazing. And I love this song uh, uh, from Billie Eilish uh, and her brother, Phine Phineas O'Connell. Um, look, I don't understand Billie Eilish. I, and I've said this before. I, I, I really, man, we should cover, we should do a drink the music and cover one of her albums. You should pick what it is so I can get an education and build an appreciation. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I feel like do. I'm an 80 year old person uh, who just doesn't get it. So, um, you sound like an 80 year old person. And I sound like it's an 80 year old person. I get it. I get it. I know I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I'd love to be educated on it, but I just can't quite get there. I love this song. That being said, I love this song. I didn't understand her wardrobe choice. Um, but you know, I think 
I think she she's young and hip and we're she's not young I and guess. Hip and and guess. you know, you want to look like a 80-year-old librarian wearing like a a skirt with pants underneath and, and like a thing that's too I don't know. Not my choice, but that's okay. She's an artist. Her hair looked cool. I like the color of her hair. Her hair looked uh looked very cool. Uh, Billie Eilish, that song is amazing. I love it. I uh often forget about it. The the whole Barbie soundtrack is really really good, and I always kind of forget about that one. And it just like sneaks in, slaps you in the face at the end of the movie. Uh, it's really great. Since the last time Billie Eilish uh, won one of these was for uh, No Time to Die, which she won the Golden Globe, she won the Grammy, and she won the Oscar for. That was a big year uh for Billie Eilish there, and I have a sinking suspicion that uh, we could see some repeats of that coming again this year, uh, Michaela. So let's see. What do we got here? Best director and best screenplay. These ones are often cited as the pathway to the best picture of the year. So best director, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer and best screenplay. A uh, bit of a surprise, I think, to everyone uh, out there. Maybe not everyone, but uh, certainly a surprise to me. Justine Triette for Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, Justine Triette and Arthur Harari uh, for Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, really, really excellent uh, uh, foreign language uh, film. Uh, very good. But I don't think this was the one that people had in mind. You know, I thought that uh, at least for me, I was like, oh, it's probably going to be Oppenheimer, uh, maybe poor things, maybe Barbie, but probably Oppenheimer, uh, but wasn't uh, Justine Triette. And uh, her speech was great. I loved her and we got to hear from her a couple of times uh, throughout yeah. the evening. Yeah, no, I, I really love these. Um, so Anatomy of a Fall, um, it, it comes out in the next couple weeks, I think. Um, you can, so you can uh, stream it. You can stream it now, I think. But yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited, um, to see it. The, I mean, Christopher Nolan, I really loved his speech and I thought that it was amazing. Um, the way he kind of made reference to the last time he was on that stage, accepting an award on behalf of Heath Ledger. I thought that was really sweet. And the way he, um, I, I paid homage, uh, to him as well as to Robert Downey Jr. Um, in, in, in that, I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you know, Oppenheimer, uh, we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to really think about how we're gonna how we're gonna handle our Oscar U pickums because I really think it that's the juggernaut to beat this I'm, year. I'm not gonna think about it at all. I'm just gonna pick Oppenheimer for all 15 awards that it's nominated for, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be <laughs> pretty be good. Done. I'm gonna be pretty good. Yeah, I mean he was he was very well worth it. But I, yeah, I loved seeing Anatomy of a Fall, and that has some uh, kind of implications uh, further up the line. We'll talk about those, especially as we get into um, Oscar talk and Best Picture talk. So that was that supporting actor and actress for uh, motion picture we've got uh, the aforementioned Robert Downey Jr uh, who stole Michaela's heart and Divine Joy Randolph from the holdovers who stole everyone's hearts because she's amazing she was the first speech of the night uh, she was so excited and nervous and she pulled out her little uh, uh, little thank you notes and it was uh, it was great I love that I love the holdovers and I love her in it so very well warranted and Robert Downey Jr bit of a surprise to me Michaela to be quite honest it felt like the direction was going right Ryan Gosling's way uh, for playing Ken and Barbie, but no, Robert Downey Jr. takes it. So is that going to lead over to Oscar success? I don't know. Or is oh. <laughs> Ryan Gosling going to be Ken off? See what I did there? Nailed it. <laughs> you did. I, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, again, I, he just, he was so amazing in that, in that film. Um, but he I was, think yeah. everybody, this was really hard because Robert De Niro was a force to be reckoned with in Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, yeah. Willem Dafoe. I, I, now, we I haven't seen Poor Things yet. We're, we we got a movie date to sing see it. that We're later this it tomorrow. Week. tomorrow uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm excited because Willem Dafoe, uh, he's another one who's just brilliant. He just 
Uh, mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. well, well, we'll see. We'll see what we'll happens. We'll see. We'll see. Well, and it's weird because supporting actor normally, um, and this is going to carry over to Oscars too, but supporting actor normally is not that tricky. Usually there's like one or maybe mm-hmm. two, but really all of these gentlemen are excellent this year. Yep. Like really, really good. Really excellent. So, yep. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Going to be tough this year. You haven't seen the holdovers yet, so we're not even going to talk about her until you have a chance to watch that, Michaela. You should. No, I will say, I will say, I'm, look, no, she was one, look, I've seen a lot of hatefulness uh, this morning on Twitter. Well, I've I've been texted because I'm not on Twitter, but I've I've seen a lot of it. Let's not, let's just not. Um, I just want to say for the record, I love her dress. And I thought that it was the most amazing color. And I think that people will be hating are not nice. Let's, let's not do that. So, and and she was the first person of the night that had to walk up those steps behind the stage, all perilous. Like, can we just talk about the fact (laughs) that nobody knew how to find the stage? Like she was the first person and you can audibly see her be like, where am I supposed to go? And then when, um, oh my gosh, uh, Lily Gladstone didn't know where to go. They like somebody had to help her figure it out because nope, nobody knew where to it's, go. It's so someone get tackled if they had to if they were making a run for the stage, they couldn't just go up the stage. Uh, so they took a took a page out of the uh, Oscars playbook there uh, for sure. But yeah, she she was great. So I'm excited for you to watch the holdovers. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about that. Um, we'll be talking about her more here over the next month, I'm sure. Uh, Best performance in a motion picture by an actor or actress. This is musical or a comedy, Michaela. So we've got Paul Giamatti from the aforementioned Holdovers and Emma Stone from Poor Things. Uh, Emma Stone, Poor Things, uh, looks great. The previews look amazing. The movie looks weird and interesting. Um, I will say one thing about Emma Stone, and it's that she is incredible at her job. So I'm imagining that uh, this was very well warranted, and it seems like this was probably always going to be uh, her award for the taking. Uh, Paul Giamatti, though, beats uh, Jeffrey Wright, who was kind of the one that I had pegged to win this one here for American Fiction. I haven't seen that yet either, but uh, I hear that it's really good. And uh, Jeffrey Wright's one of my favorite actors. I think that he's amazing. But uh, Paul Giamatti is super good in The Holdovers and Well Warranted. Do you have anything to say about these, Michaela? They're on your two-watch list still. They are. Um, so it doesn't surprise me at all. Paul Giamatti is amazing. And I really liked his speech. Um, I love that he yeah. Thanks, um, teachers. was yeah he was thanking teachers, which is really cool. Um, we don't do that enough. Jeffrey Wright is a man after my own heart. So, um, and, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Joaquin Phoenix, but I've not seen Bo is Afraid either. I feel like this, this, this scenario is probably my least, I'm least educated in to be able to, uh, mm-hmm. to say whether or not I agree, but Paul Giamatti can't get more solid. And I think, um, in the holdovers, he is, uh, he was reunited with the director from sideways, right? This is like the second time that they've yes. worked together. Mm-hmm. And he was also brilliant in sideways. That was the first time I ever really got to know who he was and fell in love with him as an actor and um, kind of opened my eyes to his craft. So makes sense to me that he would he would take this home. Excellent, excellent. So uh, that was for the musical or comedy, best performance in a motion picture, uh, actor and actress from drama here. We've got Cillian Murphy from Oppenheimer uh, in a very stacked category of uh, folks. We'll talk about that. And Lily Gladstone, uh, big winner of the night, uh, best speech of the night, probably. Uh, Killers of Flower Moon playing Molly Burkhardt there. Um, these ones were both excellent. Uh, Lily, Lily Gladstone, um, 
I'm so happy she won. I think a lot of people had her, you know, pretty much penned in to to win this award from from the uh, get go for that. But really looking down the rest of this uh, list, and I've seen uh, most of these now, and uh, all these other actresses did a really really good job this year. But Lily Gladstone did a great job uh, in Killers of Flower Moon. She was excellent. Loved her speech. Uh, Celia Murphy, uh, amazing. I was kind of. Uh, interested to see how that was going to play out because there was such the ensemble cast there um, for Oppenheimer, right? So is it really, you know, mm -hmm. Silly Murphy was an amazing J. Robert Oppenheimer or was he just, you know, really good at looking into the camera while all these people acted around him? Turns out he was, in fact, really, really good. Um, I'm really glad that uh, that he won. That was, a, that was a pretty stiff competition there in that one, but uh, those are our winners for Best uh, Actor and Actress in Drama Category. What do you think about these ones, Michaela? Um, I, I think they got him right. I do think they got him right. I was really touched by Lily Gladstone's uh, speech. Um, you know, we they did make history yesterday, um, and it was monumental in terms of um, Indigenous people being, I think she's the first Indigenous person to be given an award uh, from the Golden Globes in this category. Definitely in this category, and maybe in history, I think. It was kind of a big deal. So I really love that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, it's really hard because in both categories, I feel like there was no, <laughs> there were, there were no, everybody was kind of a stacked, um, you know, Greta Lee in past lives was amazing. I love past lives. I loved it so much. Um, I mean, all of these actors and actresses are in, in, in a, in the upper creme de la creme of talent. Right. So um I was glad to see them walk away with what they did because it, gosh, yeah. And Cillian Murphy was like worried that he had lipstick on his nose. And then he was like, ah, I don't care. Yeah. somebody somebody nice kissed me it's fine you know <laughs> somebody nice somebody nice kissed me uh if you can go from as thick of a, an accent as he has his irish accent to an american accent you should win an award for just doing that at all for sure i can't do an accent period so uh yeah true story kudos, kudos there we'll, we'll see how those shake out um i have a suspicion uh we'll be talking about those two uh later on here um in a few weeks when we uh get to the oscars uh let's get into then we've got our our last kind of categories here these are for the best pictures uh we'll start with animated here uh the boy and the heron takes it a uh, bit of a surprise over spider-man across the spider-verse we haven't seen the boy and the heron yet but we both uh big fans of the uh stuff that's come out uh, from uh before here from this uh director and studio so uh kind of not a surprise kind of a surprise um in one hand what's that going to mean uh for the oscars i don't know for sure but boy in the heron takes it michaela boy in the heron takes it i'm not surprised at all um and i wish man we've been talking about uh what a year this was for animated film um mm -hmm. i was um i was a little surprised uh now to be fair i had never even heard of suzumi which is this japanese animated coming of age fantasy adventure film that looks amazing. Supposed, supposed to be good. Supposed to be good. Supposed to be amazing. I had not seen it. So I was a little surprised when, when they first listed this off that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was not in it at all. I thought that was a little strange, but mm -hmm. boy in the hair, that really doesn't surprise me because, um, you know, all of these, um, uh, Miyazaki films are going to be visually beautiful. They're going to talk about like themes that are relatable to children and adults. They've, they're going to have, all of these really fantastical ideas and um, you know, they're, 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 they stand the test of time really beautifully. Um, so this doesn't surprise me at all. I, mm -hmm. And I, I, for one, am just really glad elemental didn't win because I think that that was 
probably from my perspective, I thought that that was going to be too much of a gimme for Pixar. Um, mm. They've just everything that they make every year. Everybody always thinks it's going to be the best thing. And it wasn't this year. And I'm glad that we recognize that it wasn't. So <laughs> it wasn't this year uh, for sure. And I don't think that's going to to change. But yeah, excited for Boy in the Hair. And I'm hoping now that this one won the award, maybe it'll get another little uh movie theater push because uh, I think it did pretty well at the box office uh, dollar wise so maybe it'll get another uh, weekend or two and we'll be able to get out and see that on the big screen before we have to uh, check it out at home uh, not English language this was a big one uh, this year Michaela because it's going to carry over into the uh, best uh, drama category here three of these are um, Anatomy of the Fall wins it uh, but uh, Past Lives and The Zone of Interest also uh, nominated here and are going to be in the best picture uh, drama category as well uh, Past Lives is a movie that uh, you and I saw both really really high on i've seen a lot of buzz and people talking about it lately so it's been getting quite the push the zone of interest is supposed to be spectacular but anatomy of the fall from france uh wins the prize here should be no surprise i guess after it won the best screenplay award but uh well warranted really uh really good uh kind of quiet uh story here um yeah, really good. Anything to say here about our non-English language films, Michaela? These are some of my favorite uh, ones to watch um, at the end of the year, right? Because a lot of times it's things that you haven't heard of uh, throughout the year and they're just kind of coming in. It's exposing you to something you might not have seen before. But, you know, these these three of the big the big hitters here are ones that I've you know been hearing about off and on over the course of the year. But anything to chip yeah. in about uh, the uh, non-English language? Films? No, I, I really I'm just more excited to see Anatomy of the Fall. Um, and then the Society of the Snow kind of came up. Uh, gosh, the first time I even heard of it was maybe two weeks ago. Um, okay. And it just it looks cool. It sounds great. The Society of the Snow. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know much about it. Um, well, I think it's about the like a Uruguay flight issue, like disaster where they crash land in the mountains and mm -hmm. yeah. it's really awful and yeah yeah so um yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see that but i'm also really kind of scared to see it because <laughs> it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a fun watch i guarantee that but mm. Yeah, it's going to make you it's going to make you cold. It's not going to make you uh, warm and fuzzy inside, I don't think, uh, for sure. But yeah, some some really good films uh, there in the non-English language uh, category. And I imagine those are going to carry over and we have some homework to do there on those ones. Michaela, uh, best motion picture. Uh, let's see. Uh, musical or comedy. Uh, Poor Things takes it. Uh, I think we probably should have uh, figured that. I think the way the night was going, it was leading towards uh, Poor Things winning that it won over uh, Air, American Fiction, Barbie, the holdovers and may december um i think there was kind of a, a world where barbie might have won this but it seemed like it was poor things night uh didn't really come as much of a surprise when that was what was read out of that uh final envelope there yeah no i mean i i think and i think i was i was being a little blase when i when i said hey you know they've made this new cinematic box office achievement because they wanted to give barbie something that they're going to give to poor things you know so now they don't have to give it worry about choosing um and and maybe that's how that went down um we've not seen poor things yet so i'm not sure how it actually is going to stack up stack up against barbie or american fiction because i haven't seen either one of those but um gosh well i haven't seen gosh i haven't seen any of these except barbie so 
Yeah, I, I don't you know have a if lot I'm really. I have a lot of work Michaela. to do. Got a lot of work All to right. do. So I don't know if I'm really qualified right, uh, to say mute anything. Mute Michaela. <laughs> Get out of here, I guess, with your opinions about things. Uh, let's see. And we have one more left, Michaela. You have seen some of these, uh, I know for sure. This is the best motion picture drama category. As I mentioned, there are three of the non-English language here, right? Anatomy of a Fall, uh, Past Lives, and Zone of Interest. But Oppenheimer wins it. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon and Maestro uh, also in there. Um, as uh, you know, as I mentioned, you you either win, you know, best director or best screenplay, and that's pretty much going to be the uh, path you need to take to uh, win best uh, picture here in the drama. That's what happens for Oppenheimer. Not a surprise to anyone. Uh, I really, really liked you know kind of getting the collective of uh, the Oppenheimer team up there onto that stage because it seemed. Uh, maybe Christopher Nolan seems probably like a like a taskmaster uh, on set is my guess, but it seemed like there was just this incredible weight off the shoulders of all these people that put in the uh, countless hours getting Oppenheimer uh, together. And what a year it's been for uh, for Oppenheimer for this story and right. for this team. Yeah, I mean the marketing that they put together to try and sell this, uh, and Christopher Nolan explained this a little bit in his speech, right, where he was he said, you know. <laughs> This was a 767 page book that we tried to turn into a movie and we did that. And it's a three and a half hour movie, um, which we hear a lot, right? Like that's the big negative around Oppenheimer is it's really long because it needs to establish all the backstory. Um, mm -hmm. But it came out on top, uh, in, at least in these awards. And that's really that's really exciting. And I, I think the whole idea of the Barbenheimer kind of phenomenon was really cool where people were uh, you know, we had this really serious drama uh, as well as like this really beautifully done kind of uh, comedy and coming of age story in Barbie. And to have that all happen, um, I don't know how much that really played into uh, it being a box office success, but people who bought into Barbie oh, might have 100%. bought into the whole Barbenheimer thing, right? I mean, we yeah. were going to see them both anyway, but I don't know if that's if we're normal that way. So I think that that really did help. No, for sure. You talk about uh, films changing your paradigm a lot. And the Barbenheimer of it all was that there were uh, countless people that went and saw Oppenheimer that would not have seen that. And there are countless people that went and saw Barbie because they would not have seen that, but because it existed within this realm where everyone was going to see both of them on, on the same day or the same week or whatever uh, the case was. And they certainly helped to kind of prop uh, one another up. And I think that because of that, they're both going to be kind of in this conversation, you know, forever. They're intrinsically linked to now uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie. And I think that that is uh, pretty neat and something that we'll, we'll watch. And I think that uh, maybe that's going to change the way movies are released. You almost always see movies like being pushed back because because they don't want to release on the same day as something else. But maybe people are like, well, maybe people can go to more than one movie at a time. Uh, maybe that's a thing that people would like to do. And certainly um, it's the thing that we're going to have to start liking to do, Michaela, because Oscar time now is officially started. The Golden Globes are over. It's time for Oscars. I think the uh, I think the voting starts like tomorrow, I think, for mm -hmm. Oscars. Um, and then yep. the uh, the uh, nominations, the uh, the finals list comes out, what, on the 23rd? So like 15 yes. days from right now. Uh, so uh, the last couple of years, there's been like a, a longer gap between, you know, kind of whatever the Golden Globes existed as. And then, you know, the Oscars got kind of pushed back because of, you know, pandemic and movie release schedules and things. They were giving some extra time. But uh, this is coming like right off the heels. So either people are going to look at, you know, the winners here today and just be like, oh, I'll just vote for them. Or they'll look at the winners here and be like anyone but them. Uh, so I guess we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm hoping that there's less than 54 films that we have to watch. Uh, I will say this. 
My feeling on this is that it's going to be better because they have started streaming or released movies um, that are already out, um, which makes me really happy. And I hope we do more of that. I hope that we continue to uh, that Apple and Crime and Netflix mm -hmm. and all of the other studios continue to make great films uh, because it's so much better than having to literally like stay in a movie theater for eight hours a day for about 15 days in a row to get all these watched. So not that I won't do it. We'll do it, but we'll do it. We'll do whatever we need to do. Yeah. I think um, by and large, other than I think American fiction might've just come out. So it's been in some limited release, but I think pretty much all of these other things that have been nominated are able to either be streamed or at least be rented at home. So if you're trying to to catch uh, any of these and yeah, it's going to be a super quick turnaround. And then, you know, of course, we're going to be doing our Oscar stuff. That's our real jam here. Uh, drink the movies. So we'll be getting our uh, pick them put together and Michaela is going to have to start planning her uh, party uh, for uh, us that we have our, our very private uh uh drink the movies our oscar, party of oscar watch party our party <laughs> of two um that we do we'll have to see who who wins but yeah it was fun to it was fun in a way to get golden globes uh back to get a little bit of uh glitz and glamour and uh see that uh it seemed like they've made you know some positive changes there so going forward um have some kinks to iron out i think i think for sure but uh overall i think that the awards uh were a success there wasn't anything that i was left head scratching that's always something that happens in the golden globes right there's always like someone someone like slipped a check to someone and they get this movie and they're like out of nowhere and you're like what are you even talking about with this doesn't make any sense so um i don't know it was, it was a fun night do you have any kind of closing thoughts on the golden globes before we tell people what we've got coming up mm, no i mean let's make them let's make them funnier next year let's actually let's, let's, let's do that uh, I will give them I will give them kudos because it was scheduled from eight to 11, three hour window, and they finished at like uh -huh. 1102. So uh, good job. Very streamlined. They do a lot more awards than uh, the Academy Awards does in longer time. So I feel like they could probably uh, take a lesson there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know for sure. So that is the Golden Globes uh, coming out into your movie theaters this week. We've got the beekeeper. Uh, looks looks like it could be could be good if you're into some action beekeeping. Got that coming in. We've got the Mean Girls uh, musical uh, coming. That looks pretty good. Pretty uh, pretty fun time. Pretty fun time. We're probably going to be talking about that uh, on Drink the Movies on our episode. And maybe we'll be talking about the original Mean Girls over on Patreon or vice versa. We have to work out which order we want to do those in. So those are coming your way. Listen uh, for our year in review. Last week we talked a lot about uh, these movies that uh, won awards and were nominated for awards. That was out on the podcast feed last week and this week our patreons have voted in 1990s pretty woman is the episode we'll be releasing this week so uh keep your eyes tuned for that on uh thursday for the main regular show so uh any closing thoughts michaela or do you need to go rest up do you need to get like the excel spreadsheet like dust it off get ready to type in your movies and get ready to go you know me really well ryan so i've, I've already started and i'm very excited and uh yeah we'll talk to everybody next time that's right, here in the lobby bar. So thanks for this uh, extra special long lobby bar, I guess. Yeah, so we'll catch you next time. Drop us a line on our social medias, uh, at Drink the Movies on all the things, and check out patreon.com slash drink the movies if you want to vote on what's coming next, get in on that bonus content. Uh, on Wednesdays, we wear pink uh, in uh, Patreon this month. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Let us know what you thought about the Golden Globes, and we'll talk to you next time.